Hi, this is Be Play Love, the parenting podcast that you can fit in your pocket. Short, informative and interesting interviews about everything from toilet training to how emotion coaching works. I'm your host, Siobhan Hunt. The next interview is one of the diamonds from our archive. Enjoy. Now, we started my daughter, Darcy, in swimming lessons when she was about 10 months old. I'd like to say we were... um, interested in teaching her water awareness, getting her used to a teacher. Um, But really, I think we were trying to tire her out, so she slept well. (laughs) But what I'm wondering now, you see, we started her at 10 months. She's three and a half now. And um, I'd like to think she's a good little swimmer and she enjoys her classes. But now we have her brother, who is 16 months old. We didn't start him so young. And I'm wondering, what is the best time to start your child in swimming lessons? And what are they meant to be, what are they meant to be learning, particularly when they're quite young? Penny Larson is the Ma- National Manager of Education at the Royal Life Saving Society of Australia. Hi, Penny. How are you? Hi, Siobhan. So do you have a recommended starting age for, for young children when it comes to swimming lessons? Generally, they um, start swimming lessons at the age of six months. Um, these classes are geared towards water from and parent education. So um, they're not really learned to swim as such. They will learn some of the basics and foundations to those skills, but it's very much about becoming familiar with the water, um, the rules around water, and also making sure that parents have the skills to be able to help them in the water when they're playing recreationally. I've got to say that, um, so with Darcy's classes, I was in the pool with her and found that there were some really simple things I found quite terrifying in terms of holding her um, that I learned through those classes that I could then apply if we were at a pool at someone's house or went to the beach or something like that. But it surprised me how frightening it is to have a small slippery child in your arms in in a swimming pool. That's right. And I think particularly when they're so young and when you're a first-time parent, um, it is quite nerve-wracking to get into the water first time. Just simple things like learning how to actually get into the water physically, holding a child, ensuring that you're not going to slip into the water, Um, and then holding them correctly to give them the best position in the water, Um, and also... uh, just very basic safety skills that you can reinforce all the time. So not entering the water without an adult waiting until they're asked to come to the water. Those basic safety skills will help them later on. But as I said, at this age, it's really much about water familiarisation and parent education. And then from the age of around three years, it moves more into learning some basic foundation skills uh, to progress to that learn to swim stage. So if a parent's listening and their child, their baby's younger than six months or approaching six months, it might sound like a long time to be paying for swimming lessons from six months till three. Um, what is that period of time about, in, apart from the learning those, um, you know, you, you were mentioning learning that, that water is, you know, you have to be safe around water, um, you're getting familiar with the water possibly familiar with a teacher. What else are those years about? Um, It's certainly about um, building trust with somebody else, building trust around the water, and also learning how to take instructions. There's social interaction, so it's a lovely bonding experience at this particular stage with a parent and child or a carer and child. And it's also about mixing with other peers. So sometimes swimming lessons are the first opportunity that they get to actually mix with children and also adults of 
uh, other ages. Um, and that's really important as well is to build that. When is the latest you can start a child in swimming lessons? I mean, obviously, we all want our kids to learn how to swim. Um, but let's say you tried at six months and the, your baby screamed for a week. What, what, what would your advice be in that instance? Um, in that instance, I would certainly encourage not to give up straight away. Um, give a number of lessons uh, before you feel like it's not working because children do take some time to adjust to a new environment. Um, and then if it's really not working, perhaps uh, don't give up the water environment entirely. Practice at home, in the bath, in the shower. Visit the pool on a fun basis. Play. Play is really, really important to develop that love on and enjoyment of water. Um, and then come back. And I suggest that around the age of about three years, three to four years is really when they start to start to acquire skills and have the attention span, can participate in lessons independently and can start to understand instructions and their motor skills are at that sort of stage where they can start to learn the skills. So when, is there an age, I know again that it's different for every child, but at what point um, can children be ready to swim independently in a pool? Yeah. I mean, we always, we obviously always need to keep your eye on kids when they're in pools, but when are they physically able to sort of swim independently? Absolutely. I mean, supervision is key at any time and it doesn't matter how good, you know, your swimming, your swimming skills are, you still need to have that supervision. But children can learn to swim at an early large age. So if they do start to do those skills from six months and have quite a lot of work, you will see these kids, these little water babies swimming at 18 months and they look great. Um, but it's probably not the majority of the population that have that ability. Um, I think somewhere between the three years to five years is a key time where they will put those skills together, have that motor skills, have the cognitive development. It's quite a complex um motor skill to do. There's a lot of coordination required. So between three and five years is really where they start to get foundation skills and they have a better ability to learn to swim. But even older still is where they can actually bring their arms over. So it's very rudimentary at those ages, the basic kick, basic arm stroke. Um, and you won't see until five to six years where they're really starting to put all the skills together, together into a little bit more of a stroke. It. So what's your opinion on swimming aids like floaties and um, vests? Um, I certainly think that children need to experience their own personal buoyancy and not to become reliant on aids. I, I don't think there's a place for swimming aids so much and I'm talking about like floaty bands or back bubbles and those sorts of things within a formal swimming lesson. Um, I think this time they really need to experience their personal buoyancy, um, not become reliant and um, build confidence in a, in a different way. Um, but certainly in recreational swimming, if a parent is, is taking them down to the pool or you've got a pool at home, use of flotation aids is fine. Um, they still need to be supervised at all times and that uh, not become reliant and thinking that the ch child is safe because they've got something on. Um, and, uh, you know, that does sometimes those flotation aids can have a sense of, of security. 
um, yes. for the parent as well oh, as the completely. child. But they also can build confidence and, and independence for children. So there are some pros and there are some cons. It's a very and interesting situation because we definitely noticed that with my daughter Darcy that um, we didn't have any flotation devices at all. And then we bought a, um, a vest and we just watched how much she enjoyed like jumping into the pool and swimming around on her own and she was still doing lessons but I did notice over the summer because we used it so much that she um, on occasion would think she was buoyant when she didn't have it on and I found that terrifying of course (laughs) particularly when one time she jumped in the pool um, following my husband after they'd both gotten out he decided he just wanted a quick dip in and she just went in straight after him without her vest on that possibly made her very aware that there is a difference, but it was a quite a frightening experience as a parent. Absolutely, and I've heard many, many similar stories where children just take off their aids and feel that they're going to have the same level of buoyancy. So it's really important to experience both, both mm. with and without aids and not to become over-reliant and also reinforce that um, without those aids, so if you do utilise them without those aids, they do not have the same level of buoyancy and, mm. as you said, supervision, supervision <laughs> at all, all times is, time. when you're using those sorts of aids are important. But during swimming lessons, I feel that you'd, there's no need for them. Yep. Um, you can use other things like kickboards and the water noodles to provide a little bit of buoyancy and confidence, um, but those that are attached um, even for the so much. recreational swimming. Uh, you're listening to Kindling Conversation. We're talking about swimming lessons with Penny Larson, who's a National Manager of Education at the Royal Life Saving Society of Australia. Now, I have a, a question from one of my colleagues who has a, a little four-year-old boy who sounds like he's got a lot of energy and he's just started um, doing swimming classes again after trying previously and not going so well. Um, His first question was, do you have any advice on how to get kids to concentrate during class, so not to muck up and splash the other kids? Um, And I think part of that question also relates to the next part, which was, um, do incentives work well in swimming classes? Like saying, you know, if you do well this time, we'll give you a star. And after five stars, you can have a ride on the slippery dip down the other end of the pool. Um, Well, firstly, I I suppose trying to work on the level of concentration. Of course, water is a fun environment and it is difficult for children to learn to concentrate. And at that sort of age anyway, with any activity that they're doing, they can't concentrate for long periods of time. So it's really important, number one, for the teacher to ensure that they have lots of different activities and that they're changing the activities fairly quickly and also selecting activities that engage the children to learn. So... Um, If they notice that a child is distracted or not enjoying that activity, um, perhaps they need to change that activity, even just for that particular child, or modify it. Maybe they're bored because it's not extending them or challenging them enough. Um, Obviously, the other thing would be to reinforce um, safe behaviours all the time and to model safe behaviour. So if you model those behaviours in the water, children understand what their expectations are. Um, and will copy you in in that type of behaviour. The other thing is in regards to incentives, um, that's always a hard thing, I think, for a parent, no matter what activity you do or the incentives when you're trying to get kids to go to bed, etc. It's always a challenge, do I bribe them with something or not? Um, I think incentives can work as long as they're not overused, um, and that means like every week, uh, 
and that sort of thing. And um, very, very simple incentives. Um, so something that they do enjoy, like having something like a, whether it's a slide or whatever after the lesson, um, try not to do those sorts of things before the lesson because then when they get to the lesson, they're distracted. They want to go back to the slide. They want to go back to the toys. So come to the lesson, do the lesson and, and keep your play for afterwards. Yep. Um, and yes, yeah, so if you need to incentives, just really simple ones and maybe not too often. Penny, that's some great advice there. Thank you so much for coming in and speaking with us this afternoon. It's a pleasure. And just remember to always supervise your children when in and around water. Definitely. Thanks, Penny. That's Penny Larson. She's the National Manager of Education at the Royal Life, Save- Life- Royal Life Saving Society of Australia. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time. Thank you.